The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 2. Hawaii is the only U.S. state that has ever had a king. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that will inspire you to travel and then teach you how to do it for almost free. I'm Trav, the creator of Extra Pack of Peanuts, and I'm someone who has earned over 1 million frequent flyer miles in less than two years. Impossible? Not at all. And today, I'm going to share with you the basics of frequent flyer miles. So if you're someone who has earned and redeemed millions of frequent fire miles or someone who's been at this game for five, six, seven years, there's still going to be some good stuff in here for you. But really, this podcast is going to be focused towards the people who have just started, maybe know a little bit about frequent fire miles, or maybe they haven't even begun learning about frequent fire miles or they don't know what they are. I'm going to share the basics with you today. We're going to go through what they are, um, why they exist what they actually mean, how you can sign up for frequent fire accounts, and then we're going to touch on two of the basic principles of frequent fire miles that, if you understand these two principles, is going to make your whole frequent fire learning experience much, much easier. I touched on it uh, in the first episode, and like I just said, I've earned over a million frequent fire miles, and if you haven't I uh, heard my backstory or why I created my Extra Pack of Peanuts website. You can check that out in the first episode. It's short. It's 15 minutes, and I won't get too much into that today. But I do want to tell you that when I first started out, I literally knew nothing about frequent fire miles. And when I say nothing, I mean absolutely nothing. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know how to use them. I had never earned them before. So if you're someone who's sitting there thinking like, man, this guy knows so much stuff, you know, where do I start this and that? How am I ever going to get caught up to speed? Don't worry. That was me less than two years ago. And now here I am, the host of a travel podcast that deals a lot about frequent fire miles and the creator of a very popular website that is based on frequent fire miles. So I'm going to catch you up to speed. And I think that we should just jump right into this. We'll call this the fundamentals of frequent fire miles because it surely is fun. It's especially fun when you're traveling to your dream destination for free. Even more fun when you're doing that in business or first class, something that probably most of us, could, I know me, could never, ever afford. We'll jump right in and we're going to start with what are frequent fire miles? And these are going to be questions that I have gotten from readers, from friends, from family that are just getting started. They're real questions that I get asked every day and they're legitimate questions by people who don't know anything or only know a little bit about frequent fire miles. And like I said, I was one of those type of people only a little while ago. So I don't think any question is a dumb question when it comes to frequent fire miles. And like I said, we're going to start with what are frequent fire miles. And plain and simple, frequent fire miles are a currency. So just like money, they're earned and they can be spent. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, why should I use frequent fire miles and what can they do? What's even the point? Why would I get into this whole 
crazy little hobby that a lot of people are uh, are talking about and even more people are joining by the day. The simple answer to that is that by earning frequent fire miles, you can travel anywhere in the world for almost free. I am a prime example of that. I've used my frequent fire miles to go all over the world. I have sitting in my frequent fire mile bank right now well over 600,000 frequent flyer miles, so I could hop on a plane tomorrow. And and this isn't bragging, but I could hop on a plane tomorrow and I could go anywhere in the world. I could take my wife with me. I'm sure she wouldn't want me going without her anyway. And again, that's not bragging. That's just to tell you that is what frequent flyer miles are. That is why you earn them. It's so that you can take these trips that you usually can't afford. You can go to these destinations that seem like far off. Oh, one day I'm going to go to Italy or one day I'll be lying on the beach of Thailand. It doesn't have to be one day. It can be sooner rather than later, and it can be done for a lot cheaper than you think. So that is why you're going to be interested in frequent flyer miles. If you don't want to travel at all, then you should probably turn this podcast off. Now, if you really enjoy spending money on airline tickets, and that's something you just can't wait to do, well, then turn this podcast off. Everyone else, I think you should continue listening because I'm going to tell you how to earn these miles and I'm going to tell you what they can do for you and you're going to get to where you want to go. So let's now jump into a little bit of why they exist. So why are airlines going to give you free flights? What's in it for them? And how did this frequent fire mile thing come about? In 1982, American Airlines introduced the first frequent fire program. And it was a way to reward their loyal customers and in turn to earn the loyalty of those customers. They began to offer people who flew with American Airlines these things called frequent flyer miles as a way to entice the people to continue to use their airline, to continue to use American Airlines, as opposed to going to a competitor. So these frequent flyer miles at that time could only be earned by actually flying with American Airlines, something that nowadays is um, not obsolete. You can still earn miles that way, but it's not the best way to earn them. So in 1982, they introduced this program. And as soon as the other airlines caught wind of this, and as soon as it became popular with people who were saying, hey, man, this airline's giving me something for flying with them. That's awesome. The competition became really, really fierce and All the other major airlines in the U.S. started implementing these programs because they realized how great a marketing strategy this was. Uh, Hotels even joined the mix a year later. So now hotels give out hotel points and they're used just like frequent fire miles. You earn hotel points. You can use them for free stays. You earn frequent fire miles. You can use them for free flights. As frequent fire programs became more and more popular, and like I said, it was right off the bat that this happened, The airlines started to widen the net of ways that frequent fire miles could be earned. So in the beginning, like I said, you could only earn frequent fire miles from flying. These are called butt-in-seat miles. You fly in an airplane and you get miles for that. Nowadays, they can be earned in a variety of ways. They can be earned through credit card signups. They can be earned through online shopping. They can be earned through special promotions. Of course, they can still be earned from flying, But as we're going to talk about, and as you'll see, that's unless you fly a ton for business or you or you fly a ton on your own, that's not the most effective or quickest way to earn miles, although you should still do that. The most recent thing I could find as to how many frequent fire miles are actually out there and have been awarded in 2005, there was a study done, and this is going to blow your mind, but in 2005, 
over 14 trillion miles had been accumulated worldwide, and they estimated that at a value of $700 billion. This is a number that's obviously much higher now, eight years later, but frequent flyer miles have just exploded, and they have become a major marketing strategy for credit cards. If you turn on your TV and you see a credit card advertisement, almost certainly the thing that they'll be talking about will be earn these points, earn 40,000 points, earn 50,000 miles. And that's stuff that I used to tune out up until two years ago, and I didn't realize how common it was. But they're everywhere, and it's a major, major marketing strategy for credit cards. Then that begs a question, why are airlines giving away these free flights? Isn't that a bad strategy? You know, they've given away 14 trillion miles and it's $700 billion. And the truth is, if it wasn't profitable for them, they obviously wouldn't be doing it. You know, I'm sure they've run tons of market research on this and they know exactly what they're doing. These are huge companies. Now, again, I mean, maybe they don't know exactly what they're doing because they are banks and we've seen how that's shaked out in the last couple of years. But the research is there for them. And the reality is that very few people understand the ins and outs of of frequent fire miles. So there's a, a lot of people who are out there collecting frequent fire miles, you know, just by traveling and opening credit cards, but they basically don't know how to use them. So the goodwill that the airlines earn and the psychological hold they have on customers that comes from frequent fire miles and giving them out far outweighs the money that they lose on free flights because people don't know how to use these frequent fire miles. They're made confusing for a reason, and that reason is so that you don't redeem them and it doesn't cost them money. Now, I this isn't to say that we shouldn't be thankful for frequent fire programs. Obviously, I love them because I know how to use them. It just means that we should start learning how to use them, and the majority of the public is too uninformed to make good use of them. Thankfully, if you're listening to this podcast, you're now going to be a part of the minority that will know how to use frequent fire miles, and that's going to benefit you because it's going to allow you an amazing opportunity to travel anywhere you want. So that's, that's you know, I like history. That's a history of it, and really, you don't have to understand all that to even get into it, but I like to tell you kind of where it comes from. But the, the next question you really have to understand, and this question I get asked all the time in differing forms. What does a mile really mean? When I first heard about frequent flyer miles, and I think this is the same for most people who don't know about them, I assumed that if I collected 3,000 frequent flyer miles and I wanted to fly from New York to San Francisco one way, uh, the distance about 3,000 miles. If I earned 3,000 miles, then I could fly from New York to San Francisco. I had 3,000 miles. I wanted to fly 3,000 miles. I could do it. That is what I thought. Okay, that is not right at all. So if that's what you're thinking, you're in for a little bit of reality shock here as I was. You know, I saw these numbers like 100,000 miles, and I literally thought I'm going to go everywhere I ever wanted to go for free for the rest of my life. It's not as easy as that, although it is It is pretty simple. So let's talk about then what you what it really does mean, this idea of a frequent fire mile. I just told you that a mile is not one for one in physical distance of an actual mile. And that's when you talk about redeeming miles. When you earn them, a mile does mean one for one. So if you are in a plane, these butt in seat miles, if you're in a plane and you travel from New York to San Francisco, and that is a distance of 3000 miles, you will earn 3000 miles for that flight. So when you're earning them, it is one to one. When you're redeeming them, it's not anywhere near that. So the term miles is a bit misleading. Let's look at that example again. If 
you want to fly from New York to San Francisco, and that distance is 3,000 miles, the amount of miles you would need to get a free airline ticket would be 12,500 miles. So a round trip trip in the United States is 25,000 miles. Okay, so New York, San Francisco, San Francisco back to New York. So one way you would need half of that, and it'd be 12,500 miles. So you need 12,500 miles to travel a distance of 3,000 miles. Now, there isn't some formula that you can use to figure that out um, with a ratio, and we're going to talk about how you can figure out how many miles you need when we talk about award charts later. But the best way to think about it when redeeming miles is you might want to think about it in terms of points. And I always use this example. When you're a kid and you went to the arcade and there was all those toys up behind the counter and it said 1,000 points for this, 2,000 points for the for the slap bracelet, if you remember what those are, 5,000 points for the big stuff monkey, that's what you want to think about in terms of miles. You need a certain amount of points to get a certain reward. And we're going to go into that in a little bit and determining how many you need. So you, you understand that a mile is not a mile, okay, when it comes to frequent flyer miles. The next question I get is people always ask me, well, how do you sign up for frequent flyer programs? Like, what do I have to do? And the truth to that is it's really, really easy to become a member of any airline's frequent flyer program. All you have to do is go to their website. So again, for American Airlines, you'd go to aa.com and they would have at the top, you know, they're going to have a tab and it's going to say, their program, which is at advantage. So it'll say something like that. If you see something at the top of an airline, you know, US Airways, it's going to say dividend miles, things like that. So they they have a program name and all of them have different program names. But if you go to the actual website of an airline, you'll usually see at the top and it'll have a drop down menu. It'll say like join, earn miles, redeem miles, blah, 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 blah. That's how you know you've, you've found their frequent flyer program. And to sign up, all you have to do is enter your information and hit submit. Some of them will send you a little frequent fire card you can carry around if you want. What I do is, you know, they give you a number and I put it all into an Excel spreadsheet so I have all my frequent fire numbers there. And that's all you have to do. That that's it. So to sign up for the frequent fire program is really simple. Then once you're signed up, you can start earning miles. So if you took 15 minutes, 20 minutes today and you signed up for 15 frequent fire programs, you're not going to pay anything. You're going to have all these numbers, you just track them in a spreadsheet. And you just pick the ones that you think you're going to earn miles with. You know, if you live in the United States, it's going to be American Airlines, United, Delta, maybe British Airways, U.S. Airways, things like that. So signing up is super simple. So those are some of the the basic questions I usually get asked. And the next two things I want to discuss are kind of the two core foundations of frequent flyer miles, at least in my mind. And if you understand these and they at times can be a little confusing, but if you understand these two things, you can start to understand all the nuances that I'm going to talk about with all the different programs. And the, these two things are going to be airline alliances and award charts. So let's start with airline alliances. And basically an airline alliance is what it sounds like. It is a group of airlines a, that have gotten together and formed a partnership that allows you to use frequent fire miles you earned with one airline on all the airlines in the entire alliance. So instead of just being able to fly on one airline, you now have the option to fly on any of the airlines in the alliance. Before I get an example, this is awesome. Okay, this is great. Without airline alliances, frequent fire miles would be so much less useful. With airline alliances, you can fly anywhere, almost any place on the map 
in a bunch of different airlines. Uh, there's three main ones that we'll talk about. But this opens up a world of possibilities. And airline alliances are your friends. You want to know about them. You want to realize their their value. And they're, they're great. So let's look at an example. If I have 100,000 American Airlines miles and I want to fly to Australia, American Airlines doesn't fly to Australia. That is not a route that an American Airlines plane actually flies. They do not go from Philadelphia to Australia. So if American Airlines was not part of an alliance, I'd be out of luck. I could not go there. Fortunately, American Airlines is part of the One World Alliance, which means that I can use my American Airlines miles on any airline that's a part of the One World Alliance. One of those airlines is called Qantas, and this is an Australian-based airline that is part of the One World Alliance, and it flies between Australia and a ton of U.S. cities. So in my case, what I would do is I would fly from Philadelphia, from my home in Philadelphia, and I'd probably then have to lay over in Dallas, and that flight would be on an American Airlines flight because American Airlines flies between Philadelphia and Dallas. Then from Dallas to Sydney, I would fly on Qantas. So I am flying on the what is called a partner airline of American Airlines. I can use the AA miles and I can fly on any of the partners that are part of One World. Another thing to realize is like the example I gave you, you can combine. So, you know, for that first leg of my journey from Philadelphia to Dallas, I flew on American Airlines. Then from Dallas to Sydney, I flew on Qantas. So you can combine partners. You don't have to fly the whole itinerary on one airline. You can mix and match. So, so that's the fundamentals of airline alliances it's it's awesome like i said you can use these miles to fly to anywhere in the world and then you have to learn what the three major airline alliances are now even a nerd a complete nerd like myself does not have all the airline alliances uh, memorized i have some of the basic ones memorized of course because i do this often but i always just head to wikipedia it has a great list of all the the three major alliances and what airlines are on there. And they're, they're adding different ones every so often and all. But the three major ones are Star Alliance. And the most common airlines that you'll use for Star Alliance, if you live in the United States, is United Airlines and U.S. Airways. Now, there's other ones you may have heard of, some that Air Canada is part of the Star Alliance, ANA, which is a Japanese airline, is part of the Star Alliance. And there's 20 there's 28 airlines total. So that's the biggest one. And they serve the most places and they also have the most airlines. So United and U.S. Airways are the two ones in the United States that are ones that you would typically earn frequent fire miles in. The second one is called the One World Alliance. And that's the one that American Airlines is part of. And they have 12 airlines at the moment. And they're going to be adding a few more as 2013 goes on. But the One World Alliance is with American Airlines, so you'll probably earn miles with American Airlines and then use them to fly on all their partners. The third one, which is by far the worst one, not just in my opinion, I mean, it's it's the worst, is SkyTeam. And SkyTeam, the major U.S. airline that's part of that, is Delta, and that has 18 airlines. So those are the three major airline alliances. And it can get confusing. So I want to tell you a few things that you can do in airline alliances and then a few things you can't do and again this is somewhat confusing but as soon as you learn this and and wrap your head around it you'll you'll really start your frequent flyer education is going to take off and and you're going to see 
how the world really is open to you. So the first thing is you can, like, and I've said this before, you can use frequent flyer miles from one airline, so American Airlines, to fly on another airline in that alliance. So you can use American Airlines miles to fly on Qantas. The second thing you can do, and I've already mentioned this as well, is you can fly with more than one different airline on a single itinerary if they're in the same alliance. So we flew, again, American Airlines, Philly to Dallas, Qantas, Dallas to Sydney. So you can fly with more than one airline on a single trip. The third thing you can do is I talked about butt-in-seat miles, miles that you get for actually flying. So if you are earning miles when you fly, that means you're paying for a ticket and then you're flying and you're earning miles, you can earn American Airlines miles if you're flying on a Qantas flight. Because they're partners, you can say, I don't want to earn Qantas miles because I have no other way of earning them. I don't want those 7,000 miles I'm going to get for this flight. I want to earn them to American Airlines. And before I go any further, there's another thing I want to touch on, and that is booking a ticket with frequent flyer miles. And I'm going to teach you how to do this in later podcasts, but there's a term that you want to know, and that's called an award ticket. A-W-A-R-D, award. And it is an award for earning all the frequent flyer miles. You're getting it for free, basically. And that's when you book a ticket using frequent flyer miles. Now, when you use your frequent flyer miles to book a ticket, you will not earn miles for flying that. So if you book a ticket using frequent flyer miles, you will not get miles. You will not get those butt-in-seat miles for flying that, unfortunately. I mean, it makes sense, though. You're not paying for the ticket at all, so them giving you miles would be a, would be a pretty cool thing, but it's not something they do. So when you have an award ticket, you don't get miles for that flight. What I was talking about a little bit before was when you actually pay for a flight, you will earn miles for that those button seat miles, you can then choose to give them to a different airline in the alliance. And that's not something you have to worry about right yet. But there's one really important thing that you can't do in an airline alliance. And this is, again, one of the things that when I first started collecting miles, it took me a little while to figure out. And if it takes you a little while to figure out, don't don't let that make you feel bad because it's, it's just a thing that you have to, once you learn it, you learn it once and then you know it. But you cannot transfer miles from one airline to another. So even if they're in the same alliance, you cannot transfer miles. So think of them as completely separate entities. If you have American Airlines miles and you have 50,000 American Airlines miles, and then over here you have 50,000 United miles, those are two separate things. You cannot combine them and say, I have 100,000 miles, I'm going to fly here with 100,000 miles. That's not how it works. They are completely separate. United, 50,000. So you have to find a flight that you can fly with United that is under 50,000. Or if you're flying with American Airlines, you have to find find a flight that is under 50,000. You cannot combine miles. Like I said, even if they're in the same alliance, so American Airlines and Qantas are in the same alliance, you cannot put your balance of Qantas miles and your balance of American Airlines miles together. That's not how it works. They are only separate entities. That's about as clear as I can be with that. So don't get confused when you start earning miles and think, man, I've got 300,000 total miles. I'm going to go here, 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 here. Make sure that you have enough with one airline that you can take the trips that you want because you cannot combine them. All right. The second major fundamental core thing that you have to understand 
about frequent flyer miles is called award chart. And an award chart is just the way that you determine how many frequent flyer miles it will cost for you to fly from one place to another. Just like I was talking about not combining miles before, every airline has their own separate award chart. So United's award chart and how much you have to spend to go from one place to another will be different than American Airlines award chart. So each airline has their own award chart. There's no one size fits all award chart for using frequent fire miles. You have to look at the chart of the airline whose miles you have. So if you have this bank of United miles and you want to travel with United or any of United's partners, you have to look at that award chart and see how much they charge. With award charts, there's actually two different types. And one of them, the most common one for American, North American-based airlines, like U.S. Airways, United, American Airlines, and Delta, the most common one is a zone-based award chart. And a zone-based award chart is pretty easy to understand. What it means is the world is split up into zones, and if you go from one zone to another zone, you're paying a certain amount of miles. Let's look at another example to explain how a zone-based award chart works. If you wanted to fly from New York, which is obviously in the North America zone, and you want to go to London, which is in the European zone, that would be about a seven-hour flight, and it'd be about a distance of 3,500 miles. That's going to cost you 60,000 American Airlines frequent flyer miles because you're going from the North American zone to the European zone, and you're going round trip, okay, 60,000 American Airlines miles. If you wanted to fly from San Francisco, also in the North American zone, to Moscow, which is in the European zone, uh, that's going to take 12 hours and is a distance of 6,000 miles. That's also going to cost you 60,000 American Airlines frequent fire miles. So it doesn't matter which cities you fly between or how far apart they are. If you're on a zone-based award chart, you'll pay the same amount as long as you're flying in between those zones. Why this award chart is great is to fly, if you want to fly to some obscure airport, it's not even that obscure, but if you want to fly pretty far or you want to fly to an airport that's not serviced as heavily as like New York and London and stuff like that, you can get tickets for the for the same amount of frequent fire miles as if you did use them to go between those heavily traffic routes. So it's a nice way to get tickets that you would normally pay a lot of money for because they might be going to some obscure places. Now, the second way is a distance-based award chart. And this is, you know, it's what it says. The amount of distance that you fly is how much you pay. And it worked on a tier system. So for example, British Airways award chart has this. So I'm going to read off the British Airways award chart, not the whole thing, but just to give you an example of this, and you can find it on their website and all as well. But if you were to fly a distance of 0 to 649 miles, so an actual flight that's between 0 and 649 miles, you would pay 4,500 British Airways miles for that ticket, okay? If you were to fly somewhere that was between 650 to 1149, you would pay 7,500 miles for that ticket. This is all based, again, on the tier system and how long your flight is and what tier that falls in is going to determine how many miles you'll actually use. This is great for trips that are like short hop flights. Let's say you want to go New York to Boston. Instead of paying the same amount of freaking fire miles 
as someone who's flying from New York to San Diego, which is what you would do if it was a zone-based award chart, you're only paying a portion of that because you're flying a much shorter distance. Different airlines have different types of award charts. Like I said, some are zone-based and some are distance-based. And you just want to figure out which one works best for your trip depending on what miles you have. Now, if you only have one type of frequent flyer mile and it's all in United, you're going to have to travel zone-based because that's what they do. But if you have a smattering of miles in all different types of airlines, then you can look at the trip and say, okay, what's going to work best for me? So it, it really is kind of like, for me at least, a fun game to figure out, okay, how am I best going to maximize my miles? What trip makes the most sense for me? What miles makes the most sense to use for this trip? And so on and so forth. One extra little tip with these award charts, you used to have to go to the airline's award chart or memorize it if you're a huge nerd. Again, um, even I'm not that good. So I would have had to go to American Airlines uh, website, look at their award chart, figure out how many miles it took. Then I would have had to go to United's, figure out how many miles it took. To U.S. Airways, figure out how many miles it took. Now, people who are much smarter than me have started a website called Miles, M-I-L-E-Z dot biz, B-I-Z. So Miles with a Z dot biz. And this website is awesome. You can go to this website. You can type in any airport in the world and then going to any airport in the world. And it's going to give you a list of how many miles it's going to cost um, in each, you know, every airline in the world. So it'll give you a list of how many miles it will cost American Airlines, U.S. Airways, United, and tons of other crazy obscure airlines that you've never heard of and will probably never use. So miles.biz is a great resource. It makes it a lot easier for people to figure out how many miles it's going to take. And I would highly recommend whether you're a newbie or you're a veteran that you bookmark that site. I use it all the time and it's absolutely wonderful. Okay, so I just hit you with a lot of information. If you're a newbie, your head is probably swimming, and that's a good thing because it means you've learned a lot today and you've had a lot of things come into your head that that are making you excited about frequent fire miles. If you're a veteran, hopefully you picked up some tips and tricks that you didn't know before or maybe you forgot about. And the main point that I just want to continue to hammer home is just how awesome frequent fire miles are and how they really can help you travel to your dream destination for almost free. Also, I want you to be aware of how award charts and airline alliances work because those are the two main tenants of frequent fire miles. And once you get those things down, everything else kind of falls into place. If you liked the stuff that I talked about today, this is actually the beginning part of my ultimate guide to frequent fire miles, which you can pick up on my website at extrapackofpeanuts.com. Of course, continue to check out the website for even more tips and tricks. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pack of Peanuts. And until next time, happy free travels. Yeah, well, you don't have-